Welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to begin Chumash Shmos, to read Parsha Shmos, and it is a story, it is a parsha that is filled with heartbreak and hope. It's heartbreak because we read the beginning of the story of Egyptian servitude, you know, what began as a story of coexistence. Cloudy Saul Yaakov Avinu and his family resettles in Egypt because of regional famine. That was the story of the end of Beratius, welcomed by Yosef with his newfound prominence and fame, even welcomed by Paro. And then everything begins to unravel the beginning of this week's parasha where Paro paints the Jewish people as an existential threat. And as a result, he tells us people have an eschachmalo. We have to deal wisely with the Jewish problem. And again, that really begins just a terrible narrative of barbaric, inhumane treatment by our Egyptian tormentors. But there's also hope. There's hope because in this week's parasha, we also learn of the emergence of the greatest leader of Klal Yisrael of all time, Moshe Rabbeinu. And we see Moshe Rabbeinu again from the time that he's born, put into the Nile, ultimately to being raised in the Pharaoh's home, going to Midian, and by the end of the parasha, encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu by the burning bush, and although reluctantly, but accepting his destiny as the leader of Klal Yisrael. But I want to draw your attention to what I think is an incredibly pivotal moment in the parasha. So the Torah relates, this is in Perek Beis, Pasuk Yud Aleph, actually Psukim Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, Yud Gimel. So chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. And the Torah discusses that Moshe Rabbeinu one day, one day as he got older, he went out to see the plight of his Jewish brethren. And the Torah says, what does he see? What does he see? When he goes ahead and he's looking at the plight, he sees an Egyptian taskmaster going ahead and beating up a Jew. The Torah says, He looked around, he saw no one was looking, he killed the Egyptian and he buried him in the sand. Fast forward to the second part of the story. So this is now Perak Beis, Pasuk Gimel, chapter 2, verse 13. So that was day one. Day two, Moshe Benu goes out back into the field. There were two Jews who were fighting. Wicked one, evil one. Why are you striking? Why are you hitting your friend? So we know again, the Gemara, so already Chazal identified that these two people were Dasan and Aviram, who really become a thorn in Moshe Rabbeinu's side, thorns in Moshe Rabbeinu's side throughout virtually his entire leadership, up until the rebellion of Korach is put down, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. But Rashi makes an interesting comment. Rashi says, Moshe says to them, one to the other, Russia, one of them had his hand ready to hit the other. So Moshe says, Russia, evil one, why are you about to hit your friend? And Rashi says something amazing. Rashi says, Lama Saka, Afapishaloiko. See, Moshe Rabbeinu caught these two people fighting. And one guy, we'll call him Dasan. Dasan has his hand up ready to strike Avim. He's ready to hit him. Rashi says, he didn't hit him. He didn't hit him, but rather, what do you see from here? Nikra Rasha Baharamas Yad. You're called a Rasha, you're called wicked, even if you raise your hand to another Jew. So Rashi's understanding of the narrative is that Moshe Rabbeinu catches these two Jews, these two, these two Hebrews, caught in, in, in a heated moment, and one is ready to strike the other. So the, the, the striker, we'll call it, the person who is going to hit, the person who is going to patch, the patcher, so Moshe Rabbeinu is Rasha. Russia, wicked one, what are you doing? And Rashi says again, he didn't hit. He didn't hit. Yet he's still called wicked. The act of raising your hand to another Jew is an act of wickedness. And ask the Lubavitcher Rebbe, say, Why? Why? You know, there's a concept in Halacha that of Machshava, if you have a thought to do an Avera, but you don't do it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't count thought as action. And, and by the way, 
Baruch Hashem for that. Because if HaKadosh Baruch Hu count the negative thoughts, impure thoughts, erroneous thoughts, illicit thoughts as actions, I think many of us, myself included, would be in very big trouble. So in general, HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds me actionally accountable. I'm held accountable for what I do, not what I think. Not what I think. And if that's the case, Asked the I don't understand. So Dawson is getting ready to go ahead and hit Aviram. But he didn't hit him. He raised his hand. He raised his hand. I got it. Raising your hand is a little bit more than just simply a thought. But Lemaise, it's still not an action. So if it's not an action, if, if, if Dawson didn't actually hit anyone, why is he called a Russia? Why is he called wicked? And the Rebbe says something so incredibly beautiful. The Rebbe says, I want to quote to you. He says, Tachlis bri'aso shala adam my entire purpose in this world is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why am I here? I'm here to serve God. I'm here to serve God. And therefore says the Rebbe, move on. So if my entire essence is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to serve God, that means every part of my body has a mission, has a purpose in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And says the Rebbe something absolutely beautiful. So what role does the hand play? What role? What's the job? What's the mission? If my, if my goof, my totality is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's the hand's specific mission? And the Rebbe says, Yado shal adam no ada linesina. The hand's job, the hand, right? The job of the hand is to go ahead and to give. The job of the hand is to give. Meaning, says the Rebbe, so the eyes might be to learn Torah, the ears might be this. The job of the hand is to be able to give to someone else. That's the avoda, And therefore says the Rebbe something amazing. By definition, the act of using one's hand for something other than giving to the other, by definition is an act of trespass. By definition is an avera. Every single part of the body has a role in the service of the Ribbono Shal Olam. The tachlis, the purpose, the job of the hand is to go ahead and to give. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Dasan, Russia, Lama Acha. He didn't hit anyone. But the act of lifting your hand to another person, by definition, is misappropriation of the hand. By definition, is taking the hand from its intended purpose to go ahead and give, to go ahead and help, and using it for something so terrible, using it for something so innocent, even though, even though, you didn't actually strike anyone. And what an incredible, incredible idea that Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us the job of the hand, right? The tachlis, the avod of the hand, is to give to the other. And the truth is, dear friends, you begin to see this as a theme throughout the parsha. If we go to the beginning of the parsha, the Torah introduces us to the two Jewish midwives, Shifra and Pua. Shifra and Pua. And we know Rashi HaKadosh tells us who is Shifra and Pua, none other than Yochaved and Miriam. Yochaved and Miriam. I so why are they called Shifra and Pua? So Shifra and Pua were descriptive names about how they would take care of the babies. They would clean the baby, wash the baby, swaddle the babies, coo to the babies. So Shifra and Pua, Shemesh Haperas, they clean up the baby. Pua, they would go ahead and coo with the baby. And ask the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, I don't understand. This is Miriam and Yochaved. So why does the Torah identify them by these descriptive names that have to do with their midwifery jobs? And why not identify them by their primary names? 
called them Miriam and Yochaved, who are maybe also known as Shifran Pua. But no, the way we're introduced to them is as Shifran Pua. Why? Because at the end of the day, says the Vashant of HaKadosh, to teach us that the primary identity of a person is forged and concretized not through what you do for yourself, but through what you do for the other. Do you want to know what made Yochaved great? That she was a Shifra that she took care of babies. Do you know what made Miriam great? That she cooed with the little babies to calm them down when they, when they were tired, when they were upset, when they were irate. Those were their accomplishments. Not the fact that Yochaved was the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu. Not the fact that Miriam was the greatest prophet. That's incredible. Those are all incredible. But their greatest accomplishment is what they gave, is what they did for the other. This is the theme of the parsha. Do you want to know where greatness, where does the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu come from? The first story we hear about Moshe Rabbeinu is he sees a Jew in danger, he takes care of them. The second story we see about Moshe Rabbeinu is he sees a Jew lifting up a hand to another Jew and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? That hand is for good. That hand is for giving. That hand is to bestow kindness and chesed and tzedakah upon the other. What are you doing? An entire family of Gomli Chasadim, Miriam and Yochavet, Nat Noruz Miriam, Shifran Pua, Moshe, all coming to teach us such a profound and core lesson. Greatness in life does not come from what you do for yourself. Greatness in life comes from your attentiveness, your love, and your dedication to the other. You know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says something truly beautiful. The Rebbe explains, he says, you know, in general, in halacha, the right always has a greater, a greater level of importance over the left. I'm using the right. The right always has a general greater importance over the left. So that, that's the halacha. That's the halacha. Yamin kodem. The right is always dominant. So Rebbe says, let me ask you, if that's true, that the right is always dominant, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu put the heart on the left side of the body? Shouldn't the heart be on the right side if the right is dominant? Why is the heart on the left side? The Rebbe says, the heart is exactly where it needs to be. The heart is on my left side. But when I stand opposite you, my heart is on your right. My heart is on your right to teach me the lesson that my heart is not for me. My heart is for you. My heart is to give you love. My heart is to give you empathy. My heart is to give you compassion. This is the avod of the Jew. My heart is to give to you. My hand is to give to you. My identity is ultimately solidified through what I give to the other. This is the genesis of Kalal Yisrael. This is the genesis of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is the beginning of our peoplehood. Sefer Bereshis is the story of individuals. Sefer Shmos is the story of a nation. And how does the national narrative of Cloud Yisrael begin? It begins not through personalistic accomplishment, but it gives you the ability, it begins with the ability to give and to do for the other. It begins with the Shifra and Pua, who are known by that identity, not Miriam and Yochavet. And it begins with the Moshe Rabbeinu who says, your hand is to give. And it begins with a heart that might be on my left, but it's on your right. Because at the end of the day, my heart is much more for you than it is for me. We sometimes become so focused on the self, and in a good way, because we have to focus on our accomplishments. 
We have to focus on what we're able to do. We have to focus on our personal growth. But we can never lose sight of the fact that just as important as what we do for ourselves is what we're able to give and to do for the other. We have to be balei chesed. We have to be the kind of people who look out. So if it's in shul, to look at the person who's marginalized, look at the person who's peripheralized, to look at the person who maybe doesn't have the same type of social network. And we're interested in our families, to be attuned to someone who's struggling, someone who's having a difficult time. Or just to be the kind of person who's makabel call on the mesever panem yafos, to smile, to engage, to say a shalom aleichem, to be willing to help without having to be asked. That's the job of the Jew. May we be zochem mirz Hashem to become a shifra and a pua. May we be zochem mirz Hashem to use our hand for its sacred mission of giving to the other. May we be zochem mirz Hashem to always recognize that the best use of our heart is not for ourselves, but it's through what we can give to the other. Wishing everyone a good Nerev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.